The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road. And recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Welcome to Williams and Bloom Sunday. It is the 28th of January. We are recording this earlier than normal today because it's kind of a busy day. We've got Brock Purdy, David Montgomery, and Charlie Kohler all playing for spots in the Super Bowl. Bloom and I wanted to get this knocked out. He's been traveling. We'll let Bloom tell you what he's been up to all weekend uh, with the We Will Collective. I have been in Ames all weekend. It has been a wild week, and we have a lot to get to. So we wanted to get this out as early as possible today. We are presented, as always, by our friends at the Mechdyne Corporation. We couldn't do anything we do at Cyclone Fanatic without them. M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. They get applicants from Cyclone Fanatics all the time. They're always looking for Iowa Staters. These are Iowa Staters who created this amazing company. Offices all over the world doing all sorts of things. You can find them at mechdine.com. Of course, we are in the Wild Rose Casino Studios and presented as always by Cody Road Bourbon. I'm taking some, um, I want to take a bottle of Cody Road over to. My buddy, uh, former Iowa State linebacker Adam Carper's house tonight. He's a huge 49ers fan. His boys are obsessed with Brock Purdy, and we're going to go and watch the game out there with them today. So I'll bring some Cody Road over to the Carper's house. How are you today, Bloom? Got your, uh, you still up in uh, Okaboji? What are you? Uh, what are you I'm now in beautiful Armstrong at my uh, in laws? Yes. And I think I'm in my wife's old bed right now, which is kind of weird. So Ooh, again, yeah, yeah. I wonder, wonder what happened here. No, that the uh, use last night, did you? <laughs> Celebrating the cyclones? Yeah. I've, yeah. Got, I've got I've got Mickey Mouse, my kids Mickey Mouse, and my dog with me here. So yeah. Not 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 too much excitement. But wow, what a day. What a day mm. up at Hilton mm-hmm. Coliseum. I of all times that I did not exactly plan great, we did a little fundraiser get together here at Okaboji um for the Okaboji winter games. To miss to not be at Hilton was kind of a bummer, but it looked great on TV. Man, did it look great. I just got done watching the game back, and we'll talk about that. Uh, we, there's so much to get in. There's so many tentacles of like different storylines to get to. We'll do our Wiffles Hybrids Big 12 segment, too. As I told you a week ago, Brent, after the TCU win that really surprised us all without Tame and Lipsy. I said, if Iowa State goes 2-0 and this week, I think we are going to have to have a conversation about you know what it takes to win the league at this point. And uh, we're there. So we'll we'll kind of get into that. Uh, there's there's all the basketball. There's the Spygate crap with Kansas State <laughs> that has just completely taken on a life of its own. I can't believe I really I, I can't believe it's it's Sunday after that game Wednesday and like this is still a thing. But but here we are. I've got uh, some we'll start. thoughts. I've got some thoughts. Good. Uh, I'm, and I I've probably given too many. Like I, I I think my whole like objective journalist cap is completely screwed by now, but that's fine. You all know where I stand. I've never tried to pretend that I'm anything, but I'm not. But I, my my Jerome Tang, he's he's quickly like in the Dabo Sweeney category for me with coaches now, and it it's it's completely catered in a week because I really liked the guy, and then like here we are. We'll get into all that. I do want to focus on the the actual game. Is is I. I told you on Thursday, we did Williams and Bloom Wednesday, Thursday this week, that I thought Hilton was reaching a new level. I, I'm not going to say that was the best Hilton I've ever seen because there's been that that's I haven't had the time to go back. There's been so many awesome. That was top three. That was a top three atmosphere I've ever experienced at Hilton Coliseum yesterday. 
Coach Ott said in the post game that I th- I think I'm not trying to mess with it. I think he said that's the best atmosphere I've ever seen. Um, and he's wow. been to almost exactly as many games as I have in that building. The just the whole Iowa State's whiteout deal was perfect. The fans listened. Um, the way Iowa State handled the students, letting them get in there about two hours before the game after they had camped. Well done, Iowa State. Iowa State's marketing crushed pregame. I thought the pregame atmosphere was the best. The the ability that they have, like they got this like five years ago to like dim the lights and do all that, like really adds to it, I think. And having Bill Raftery and Jay Wright sitting on the court for a pregame show is like yeah. a totally different feel. It was a special, special day, even before tip off. And then the again, I just got done watching it. I watched it back for the first time. The second half of that game is as good as you'll see in college basketball all year. Shot for shot. Heavyweight fighters. I know that's a cliche. Yeah, uh, there were so many times. Oh, I think Kansas is out of it, and then Dickinson, and they come hitting you back, and then you're thinking, "Oh, Iowa State, uh, here it comes, here comes the nut punch," and then boom, Keyshawn Gilbert goes and makes a crazy play. It was a pleasure and an honor to be able to sit and cover that game yesterday. I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it looked so good on TV, and I agree, man. The quality of broadcast. And it's nothing against ESPN. It's just a matter of dedicated resources that CBS had versus one of those ESPN plus. It was totally like you just, I thought that was the neat part is the exposure. And actually it's great for me to just watch it too. I wish I was there clearly, but the quality of that looked across the country of, I thought the whiteout looked great. Is this the first time that the Iowa State fans had like a greater than 90% participation rate? They were fantastic. Way, we way don't go. do that well at Iowa we don't, State. We do and, not. Yeah. We, we And then, um, but just right from the get-go, and I, you know, Raftery just brings, in, and I, Iron Eagle is one of my favorite play-by-play guys too, so I was, I was loving the game for multiple reasons. But the game itself, it was, Iowa State shot great, but needed every single one of them. All right. I give Kansas a lot of credit. I thought, you know, I was thinking it's up 12, 11, 12 in that second half. They might just go run away and hide. And Dickinson kept making plays from that point center position, which was super impressive. I mean, their five are really good. Their problem is they just do, don't have much beyond that. No. And Iowa State hits 14 of 33s, and yet you needed every one. Maybe one of my favorite plays, I think that one will go down, is that Keyshawn Gilbert uh, up to – Nails the three as the shot clock's winding down, and he had the biggest smile on his face. I was so happy for that kid because it's just like, man, this is why you go play at Iowa State in a big game like this. It was awesome. And he's come a long way, too. He he was the one guy going into Big 12 play. I think you and me were both a little bit like, okay, let, let's just wait and see how this de- – we thought he would be really good in March, right? But there were he, – he clearly needed to get more playing time at, at this level, and he has – I should have done the math. I apologize, but like his rebounding numbers, his turnovers are down. He he's really a a much more complete basketball player than the guy that we saw. Definitely the guy that we saw in Orlando, but the one that even we saw just a couple weeks ago. Like he's he's come a really long way. Really happy for him. Uh, he's a crazy defender. Uh, that we knew that that's what they thought, but it it's one thing to do it in the non-com brand, but he's doing it now against big 12 competition and his offense isn't dropping off, which you see that right. a lot too, right? Where these guys are 
you're the defender and you're chasing somebody around constantly. Keyshawn just keeps getting better. Lipsy's a warrior. You know, he's playing what 70% right now, yeah. but he, this, this bye week or whatever you want to call it, will be, be great. really good for him. Yesterday was the Trey King game, though. Like he, yeah, no, that's true. Trey hadn't done much. He had been in foul trouble the previous two games in those wins. And, um, you know, I mean, what happened, and Bill Self commented on this after the game is Iowa State scouted them really well and thought they would put Dickinson on him. Dickinson's pretty slow to get out there. And, you know, my my amateur analysis of this is that Trey's a decent three-point shooter, but he's got a slow release. And hmm. if you've got a three or a four on Trey, it's hard for him to... So that's why this is just... I didn't watch him play at Eastern Kentucky, but I'm assuming the slower release isn't as big of a deal at that level. So he made like 30-some percent from three as a sophomore or whatever he was there. Yep. And then... You know when the when another team's going to play him at the five, I think I a five on him. I think Iowa State's going to be okay to pop him out there and let him shoot. And he hits four yesterday. It was wild. When you watch him in practice and just in some some shoot around stuff, he he he's a good shooter. Now you're right. He just hasn't had either the opportunity or the confidence to shoot it. He's one of those guys though. If he makes his first one, it's going to be a good day for him. Uh, very streaky that way, and that was a great sign because he. He provides enough of an X factor where I mean, you need you needed him yesterday for sure because you know Ward and Jones are what they are. They're going to get a lot of baskets at the rim, but when you're playing a Dickinson, he's pretty good down there. He's not good in space, and so I think it was key that Iowa State got that matchup and that Trey took advantage of it because uh, that's what he can do. That's he is that stretch four, and uh, you know for him to knock down that many shots, I think it really gave the entire team some confidence and you saw Keyshawn shoot with confidence tame and knock down a few and if Iowa State's going to make 14 of 33s it's going to win almost every day it, re- it yeah. really is I mean that's that's the thing is like you had to do it because I thought Kansas did a really nice job of taking care of the ball for the most part it wasn't as if they were completely sped up by Iowa State uh, Harris did a nice job of handling things I'll say though the the, the key stretch for me other than the game winner and early when Trey makes a couple shots was at halftime, it's, you know, tie game coming out of halftime. Taman hits a three, and then right next to ensuing position, goes down, gets a steal and a layup, and all of a sudden it goes from one to, what was that, seven, six right away. And it just felt like Iowa State was in fairly comfortable control. Now Kansas yeah. did make it interesting, but you never really felt that, oh, no, Kansas is going to go take the lead here. Iowa State was able to keep them at arm's length from there because – you had guys making shots, and I thought Curtis Jones was great again in the second half. So now you're the great thing is you're not. This isn't these one offs. You've seen Jones do it multiple games, Gilbert do it multiple games, Lipsy do it multiple games, Mom Chilovich again uh, had a couple daggers. If you get Trey to do that, and this offense goes from okay to probably pretty good, and you're starting to see the rise in the Ken Pop numbers, and we've talked about it all along. If you want to make a deep run in March, I do. I think this Iowa State team realistically can. We'll talk about it here. You need to be top 50 in offense and defense in Ken Palm. And I think as of this morning, seat up, Iowa State was like 51st. So you're 52. You're 52. So you're starting to yep. you're starting to climb. And you know, even when that things got a little bit hectic again in the second half in the half court, you're able to lean on a Trey King or a Keyshawn Gilbert getting to the rim, uh, which definitely helps because you don't have to rely always on that three ball or tame and just crashing in there. 
Yeah, uh, good points on the offense. And just to me, the biggest difference in this team is, I mean, clearly there's just more talent all the way around. You haven't had a Momchilovich or whatever, but the just the bigs, right? Like the last couple of years, it's like if you get one big in foul trouble, it's you're 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 kind of screwed. And even like last year, it's like Oshun was he had some really nice games, but he was fairly unreliable. You just didn't Correct. really know exactly what you're going to get on a day to day basis. But now, you know, with I, I just I think you know what Curtis or you know what Robert Jones is, and he's a much better player than he was the last two years. But now you have Ward. Yes, I just a total game changer. Like he, he completely changes the makeup of Iowa state's team, not only as a rim protector, but offensively, you're just getting, you know, six to 10 easy points. And he's a good free throw shooter. I, I made the comment to Andrew Logue yesterday who was sitting next to me and it, it's weird at the end of a game. It's like, I think I want Iowa state's bigs at the free throw line. Sans <laughs> Robert Jones, but King and yeah. Ward are like your best free throw shooters. You throw Curtis Jones in there as well. But that's where, like, to me, it just makes the biggest difference when you get with a heavyweight like Kansas, Iowa State. It's not like this deal where you know you're screwed matchup-wise. Like, you can actually put bodies out there to match up with these dudes. And it really, really showed true yesterday against Dickinson, who was awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I thought about that a lot yesterday is I want to give a shout-out to Pete Link and the strength and conditioning staff. Yes. Uh, be, you know, you think about games with Kansas in the past, they always have that monster big that can just dominate Iowa State. Look what MB did to Iowa State. But you, you, you had Jamil McKay or whoever it was guarding Embiid. Or, I mean, I don't even try to even go back then. But I thought Iowa State's bigs were just as physical as Dickinson, and Dickinson is as good as it gets. He was getting some stuff in the post C-dub, but a lot of his stuff was, you know, playing from that point center position or making some jump shots. It wasn't like it was easy in there. And I think the job that Ward, Jones, and King do on the interior, and even Momchilovich, I've been just wowed by his ability in the last month to be physical and rebound and stick his nose in there, which is a hard thing to do for a freshman. Iowa State won that game in large part, obviously the three ball, but in the weight room because you had you had grown men in Ward, Jones, and, and King that were just as physical as anybody else Candace was thrown out there. In fact, more physical. And that's that's why I think this Iowa State team has a really high ceiling. Is it has proven now in the last month, it can play any style and be successful at it. I mean, Candace wanted to wear them down a little bit, and Ward, Jones, and King held their own. Dickinson was great, I agree, but he's going to be great. You just need to have the talent to counter. Now you've seen Iowa State do it against really physical teams like TCU, like Houston, like Kansas. Nobody's going to bully Iowa State, unlike those Hoiberg teams where occasionally you'd run into a team was like, nope, don't have it. They're just bigger, stronger. And if we're not making 18 threes, it's not going to matter where this team doesn't need that. Last note I had on this game in particular, um, I thought for the first time in big 12 play, specifically Momchilovich was scouted really well. Self was not going to let him <laughs> win that game yes. for Iowa state. And, but, but that, so Milan is off in the first half. He comes out. I think he hit three threes in the in the second half alone. Like to me, that's just a big growth game where it's like, where do we where do we want to see Momchilovich be in March? And he's going to get a lot better from that game. Kansas is a really good defensive team. Self and his staff may be the best in the game. 
Yep. And their game plan was to take Iowa State's freshmen out. And they weren't really successful. They they were for 20 minutes. And then Milan, he grew yesterday. And that that's really, I mean, you, what's the point of these games? It's like, well, you, you got to get to the dance, right? You got to get yep. there. And then you start playing for seeding. But it's also, you're still trying to get better. And he, uh, I was, I was impressed that he just keeps his head down and makes some really important shots down the stretch for Iowa State. But I, I made that note when I was watching that it was, it was very clear that Bill Self was not going to let twenty two beat them in the first half. And shout out to the freshman. Yeah, and that's where that's why Self's honestly the goat. Like he is so good. He does a couple things really well, and that he'll scout you. They run great stuff, and then he gets really good players to play hard. Um, I thought. It was funny on on Twitter, it, all the Iowa State fans, because then Self was what doing the juicy or laughing at the juicy wiggle cop guy. Um, I think people are starting to realize, man, this guy's really hard to dislike, even though we kind of do dislike him. I love him, but but he is he is he is really good, and you know credit to to Milan because you know when you when you play good defenders and Kevin McCuller had the assignment for a good portion of that game, he may be the best defender in the Big Twelve. I think Taman. Lipsy would have an argument, but McCuller's 6'5", 6'6", so it's a little bit different. Yeah, different. Um, but Milan, when the moment was there, he made it. And now you've seen that in multiple games where he, he has struggled a little bit trying to find it, but when it was there, he delivers. And so that gives you a lot of excitement for he's only going to get better. I, you know, I was thinking about this uh, yesterday. It's been exactly two months since that uh, tournament in Orlando. Uh, how much better is Iowa State since then? You know, getting mm-hmm. Ward back is, is huge. Different deal. But, but yeah, if you think now we've got eight weeks until March Madness, how much more growth can this Iowa State team have? Um, and so that's what you're excited. Is like I, you still see – you saw Iowa State make 14 threes. Again, not going to do that every day. But if Gilbert and Jones and, and Milan and Taman can all shoot it with a little more confidence, get Trey out there, this Iowa State team, I legit think that with the way it guards and the way it's rebounding, is you know they're they're not going to beat Houston ten times out of ten, but on an on a neutral floor in a crazy game, you know why not? And I think Houston is head and shoulders. Them and Connecticut are the two best teams. I you know I would I would, but I I don't think Iowa State's too far off from that top ten tier. I really don't. Shout out to our friends at Terraplex Ag. You can visit them at terraplexag.com. We are going to be doing Williams and Bloom Wednesday live from the Iowa Power Farming Show. Coming up this Wednesday, if you are going to be there, I know a lot of farmers listen to the program. We will be at booth 3300. Yes. Booth 3300. Uh, we will be there doing our show live as long as the internet allows us to. We are planning on doing it. Regardless, we're going to have video and stuff to repost the show, but we are planning on doing it live. Uh, and then we're going to be at their customer appreciation event at Buzzer Billy's after that. So we will be... If you guys are out and about, you've heard us talk about our friends from Terraplex Ag. Uh, they've got locations in Odable, Casey, and Pella. We uh, we are going to be there with them all afternoon at the Iowa Power Farming Show. Again, that's this Wednesday, booth 3300. You can come and shake our hands and take a picture, whatever you guys want to do. But we will be doing our show live from the Terraplex Ag booth on Wednesday. And, and before that, C-Dub, uh, Jalen Knoll and Rocco Beck are going to be down there on Tuesday. Got them, a little, got them a little NIL deal thanks to Terraplex to go meet the, the, the folks at the Power Farming Show. So 
they're going to be there, I think, Tuesday from, I think it was 3 to 5 or 4 to 6, somewhere that afternoon. I'll post that on the on the old interwebs to let people know where they'll be, and I'll cool. make sure to promote them because the Terraplex Ag people are are just wonderful to work with. And, man, they're awesome. it's kind of – it's just, it's been fun to see the, them catch on as much as they have. Yeah, they're they're awesome. They're, drone technology is what they do. I, I know you guys have heard us talk about them before. But, yeah, if you're a farmer, you're going to be there in Des Moines – this week come by and say hello to us as we do our show also want to give a shout out to our buddy colin newell colin newell insurance with farm bureau financial services um he insures both me he's saving me a thousand dollars this year in 2024 thousand dollars and i'm getting better coverage across the board uh you guys should be saving your money too i know we actually got him another customer this week i i, nice. I gave his contact contact information out to somebody else and last but certainly not least our friends at the ivy college of business at iowa state dean spaulding is is our good buddy i need to get him back on a podcast now that bitcoin is back over forty thousand. <laughs> uh got some smack talk to do with my with my buddy dean spaulding you you're did you speak to the ivy college of business this week or is that still yeah coming? no i did yeah, on you, wednesday how'd that go marketing 495 no, they're going to help. Oh, wow. They, they let you speak to a 400 level. 400, class. yeah. Yes. Holy so they're going to do – we're, we're hiring them on a, on a freelance, but very, very reasonably priced. But the, the groups, there's 20 kids in this class. It's like four groups of five. Um, or would I say that? Anyway, uh, and they are going to do some consulting for us, market research of how do we get the word out with the We Will Collective. So with the tight Fantastic. budget that – we with we have we're going to lean on those expert marketing students and man they already have a couple of really good ideas so we're we'll i'll keep you posted as that goes it's a pretty cool partnership of of the ways that this all can work together with some great people at ivy we'll get to tangate here in a minute uh, <laughs> i do want to try and sell some tickets to our event coming up on the 7th at uh toast in ankeny i will be the mc uh, Matt Campbell and his entire coaching staff will be there. The origin of this party, it's just funny how it's taken on this like new new deal. Like th this party started in 2004, yep. I want to say the first ever it was then the Cyclone Nation recruiting party with like Chris Ash and Tony Alford and I think it was just Ash and Alford that may have been there the first year at the old three bag uh downtown we had like 15 people 15 yeah. fans show up to this thing it's like me and steve dace and like it, it was it was wild like it was dace's idea like the to have because this is back when national signing day was like a holiday for all of us right. and they'd we'd bring a dvd of all the guys literally it was a dvd signed. yeah it was literal dvd and then we played on the big it was awesome though because then like Chris Ash would just walk us through every recruit and break it down. And it was like really geeky recruiting stuff. Do this for a while. Uh, we took some years off during the Chiswick years because they were not willing to participate. Um, come back. Paul Rhodes, uh, same type of deal. I think I had like Shane Burnham and whoever come the first year. And then Rhodes was like, I'll bring, I'll bring my whole staff. I'll bring the whole crew. So then it turns into this like giant drinking party at the keg stand where like Tom Herman is just going crazy. And like, we just, and it was fun. It was some of the most fun times I've ever had doing Cyclone Fanatic where these, where these recruiting parties 
they're not really called that anymore because it's 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 weird because the national signing day moving it's just it's changed everything but we still have kept the tradition going and now we've kind of handed it off to you guys it, it we will I'm, I'm glad that i appreciate you letting me MC it keep the <laughs> keep me feel like I'm at least a, a little bit involved still but the, these are so much fun and this year's party is going to be the best one yet and we really want to sell this thing out because everything's going back to the collective and I know enough to be dangerous about what, how much post players costs. And I watched this Iowa state basketball team and all of the 24 year old post players are going to be gone. And I know that if you want Iowa state to be good again next year, it's going to take a, a hell of an off season. Not, not just that. Um, but then the football deal, it's like, I don't think Campbell and his staff could have done a better job than what they did to keep all of these guys and you and your staff bloom. Um, I think Matt and like guys like Hoosier and like, they all deserve so much credit because the Iowa state guys aren't making as much money, but they're, they're constantly being recruited to, to stay and it's all relationships and man, like this, this party is going to go a long way to funding all of the above. So let's get people out there, Bloom. Anything else you want to add to that? No, that's very well said. And I think just more than anything, it's being able to thank the coaches and the players who did choose to stick around. So we'll have. Yeah. All the players are coming, right? A bunch. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have 15 to 18 players there, but then not to Uh, mention football players. Yes. Football players. Yes. And we'll, and then the neat part is we've actually had, um, probably a couple dozen former football players sign up as well that are in the area. So it's not only seeing the players and coaches, but there'll be some dignitaries from, from years past too. And it, you're right. Uh, you know, we're just trying to hold down the fort until all this stuff gets, it's regulated. And you know, it, it's, it's expensive. It's $250 per ticket, but you get a great meal. You not get that some expensive. one of a kind, some one of a kind opportunities. We've got some special things planned that you won't want to miss that I don't want to reveal just yet. And um, trust me, you will have a blast. And uh, not to mention, get a run into the Chris Williams player there too, which is when which I say it's it. not that expensive too. I'm pointing out that other schools are doing similar things with much, much higher price tags. Yeah, I'm not scoffing at $250 no, to anybody absolutely. out there, but I just I know what a party like this at Kansas even costs. Right. And that's kind of, and again, we're not dealing with this on our own. It's if, if it was up to me, everyone getting in free, we just need yeah. to raise money to stay competitive. And again, nobody loves the current situation. It is what it is. I think thanks to the Cyclone Nation, we've held our own so far. Getting the big fella from Princeton, kudos to everybody yes. for, for that let's, win. Jalen Travis is going to be let's talk awesome. Let's about that real quick. And then yeah, we'll get into Tengate. But that's where, that's where all this stuff, you know, honestly, C-Dub, uh, you know, I'm watching the game yesterday and, it, it, this is the football recruiting party. It all goes together because the, you know, high tide rises all boats type of situation. So the more we raise at this football recruiting party, the more it will impact our entire budget on and on and on. But I'm watching the game and you've got Curtis Jones and Keyshawn Gilbert who would not have been here without people support of the collective. And now yeah. look at them. I mean, that's, it's, it's honestly, it's that simple. I don't want to, it's, it's real. And then without TJ and all those things are all part of it, but they weren't going to come for free. So this is where this all starts and ends and you can really help impact uh, what's going on on the floor and on the, on the field. 
and it's not going to be, you know, a forever thing, but for now it is the climate. And so would love to sell that thing out. I think we have like a hundred tickets still available. So there's plenty of, plenty of space. And again, once you're there, you, you will have a blast. I guarantee it. And I would also add, if you're a more wealthy, if you, if you want to do more, uh, buy a ticket for somebody else and, and bring them who well, may not have the opportunity to do it. So that's the other thing that you could do again for some of you out of state folks, if you wanted to quote unquote, buy a ticket, but then send me a note that, you know, you want somebody yeah. to fill your figure. Just let me know. Cause we can find people, you know, whether it be college kids former or former players, college would love grads, to do it. Former, some can't afford exactly. to go, but they'd love to. And that's what we, that would be lean on first is the former players who yeah. um, could get in the room as well. So, my goal is to just announce a really big number at this thing so the coaches that are in attendance, the players that are in attendance realize the power of Cyclonation in one night. All right, that's coming up on February the 7th at Toast yep. in Ankeny. Will, Last year was a hell of a time, and looking forward to doing it again. Yeah, tick, tickets at wewillcollective.com, hard to miss. All right, um, God, Tangay. Um <laughs> It's, so Thursday, it's, it's, I knew this was, it's getting worse. Well, I knew this was going to happen on Thursday. I, I just was waiting for some sort of a leak to come out of Manhattan. We thought we knew what it was. And, and I swear to God, to our listeners, Iowa State had not told me anything. Okay. I knew the only reason when we met on Thursday and I knew anything that was going on is because I rewatched the video like 15 times and it's Tang acting like he has a cell phone pointing up. To, I mean, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure this thing out. We knew. Correct. And Iowa state was kind of like, we're just going to let it die, whatever. And, you know, Thursday, Friday, come around Kellis Robinette from the star. Uh, who's a good reporter. I don't blame him for anything in this. He's doing exactly what you're supposed to do and trying to find out why, the coach of the beat he covers was acting like a goddamn maniac, <laughs> you know, like it. Right. And like, why? An I don't, yeah, I don't blame for, the reporter at all. I would No, he's trying to question. figure why was that assistant what coach cussing at managers? Like yeah, what in the yeah. hell was going on? It's going on. And we didn't really know. So it starts to leak. Um, Kansas state's on three guy. I had like 15 people screenshot this to me is now leaking at that point on like Friday that Oklahoma state is involved. And it's this big conspiracy that Iowa yeah, state's Houston, got this whole Houston also. Or yeah. Like, okay. Oh, was Houston on that too? Okay. I think I, so. I had... so they're on three guys is putting stuff on a message board and it's starting to get around and I'm starting to feel around Iowa state's like, are you guys going to do anything? And I think rightfully they're focused on Kansas kind of a big game coming up on Saturday. I get wind of it on Saturday morning that Otzelberger is going to make some sort of a statement after the game. I'm really glad Iowa State won because I, I felt like it meant more to be able to go up there. But I, I do know that he was going to do it either way because he was pretty pissed off about the accusations. I know Jamie Pollard was pretty pissed off. He gave a statement to Seth Davis. And I, I am admittedly biased I, I know I'm an Iowa State guy. I don't think Otz could have been better in his addressing this. Yeah, I love it. It was just matter of fact. He went up there and he dropped the f and mic. And the, this whole thing, like to me, it's like if Kansas State just went about it in all the wrong ways. If they truly thought this, 
then show some proof and go through the Big 12, right? Instead of this innuendo and leaking stuff to reporters. And, like, clearly they're leaking it to multiple guys. If you, I'm telling you, like, for the audience who's out there, why Iowa State was so we're, – we're not – like, this stuff doesn't – this on three guy and, like, they, it doesn't just happen. They, yeah, they don't just make it up. They're correct. Texting their people. Yeah, and, and, and it's being leaked to them, and yeah. it's almost worse, right? Like, in a yeah. deal like – that whole deal was so sloppy, though, from King McClure. He he deserves some blame here. If you go back and watch that game, King, who played for Jerome Tang at Baylor, and I think King's just a young broadcaster. He probably didn't know any better, and he'd probably try and do it different now. But he's on there saying, oh, I know Jerome Tang, and he would not be acting like this unless something terrible happened. I'm paraphrasing what King yeah. said. But it's insinuating like that, like something racial or – and then Derek Young, their on three guy, tweets that people are throwing stuff at the bench. Like, that didn't happen. Like, I, I, and, like, all this stuff just – it was just so sloppily handled from the beginning. And I think by Saturday night, TJ and Iowa State had just had enough, which led to that very strong statement. I hope this thing can be behind everybody. I'm hoping it will be, but I'm, I guarantee that – the date that Iowa State has in Manhattan. If you if you want to buy up some tickets to those, I think the team's probably going to need it because this rivalry is here to stay. Well, you had Tang retweeting about, hey, let, we'll see you on the whatever that is, the sixth or the ninth in Manhattan, and his he had a sister tweeting for him, like it. Yeah. Oh yeah, the super, sister was, and she was insinuating racism stuff. stuff. Well, she said the people in Iowa are terrible. Was basically what she said. It's just like, come on now, like. The only facts of this whole thing came from you, and that is, you because you you tweeted it right away. You were right there. That I was the the staff, the Kansas State staff was calling the Iowa State student managers near their huddle, cheating mfers. Right? <laughs> yes. That's the yes. only facts we have. And so you know, now you're seeing the the Kansas State social media posse. All circle the wagons of oh Jerome Tang didn't accuse anything. It's like no, they the the staff member literally called the student managers cheating mfers. So that's that alone is is like okay, you better be right about that because that's you know that's pretty strong. And for to, what it's to worth, dude, I know I wasn't of doing that. I wasn't alone in seeing that because there were a couple of people who were in the stands who were videotaping that assistant coach just stammering around. Um. I've never seen an assistant coach act like it was. Maybe that's a common thing with that stat. Usually assistant coaches are like backup quarterbacks. Keep your mouth shut during the game. We don't need you to be a distraction. You're there to butter up the referee after the head coach. You know, Yeah, goes after him. <laughs> You're there to pump up the, the team. This, this guy was like super mad the whole, the whole time. And it was just, it was really, really bizarre. But then you made the point on Thursday and I saw Jeff Goodman made the point. I really like Jeff. He does a great job. Um, like even if, okay, like there's really no advantage to be gained. Like I, I still don't understand what Kansas state thought was happening. Okay. So they thought there was a videotape, but how is that giving Iowa state any sort of an advantage? It Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like what, yeah. what, okay. So what was next? They thought that they were texting the bench. Like it, it's really, really, really bizarre. Just how everything played out. Yeah. I, the, what I heard they, 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 their claim was it was a relay game that the, 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 there was like kids or, you know, whatever young adults behind the bench 
that were relaying something to the managers near you who are then relaying it to the staff on the other end of the floor. It's like, how in the world? I sit next to those kids, and they are kids. They're like sophomores in college, which is another unfortunate part of all this. They're unpaid. Right. I, I sit with them every game, okay? One of them has a whiteboard. He's charting something. It it's some defensive like nutty thing that TJ and his staff that doesn't even matter. But these like coaches tips think and everything. And, yeah, yeah, whatever. And the other one is literally sitting there with a mop. <laughs> they have a whiteboard and the, they're not. A, managers can't have cell phones. Did you know that? No, like, I did it's not know. Actually, that. against the rules, you cannot have a cell phone if you're part of the they don't have them is that a so, Iowa state rule no i think it's just a rule like rule? You, okay. you don't see coaches that their cell phones are all in the locker room well, I, yeah, I think you it's don't like ever an, see, yeah yeah you don't ever see guys checking their phones like on the bench because they're not <laughs> right. supposed to have them, not supposed to have them. yeah I, i'm telling you like the thing is preposterous <laughs> it's completely that's why it's like i'm when i saw the national stories start coming out i'm like oh my gosh this is going to end up really bad for Jerome Tang because the allegations are not. And now you can't backtrack and say, oh, well, we didn't claim anything. Yes, you did. You were at midcourt. Yeah, you called them racist. You said yeah, they were throwing stuff. Now you're calling them cheaters. You you yeah, said a lot of things, guys. A lot of things. You can't just say, oh, our bad. No, I mean, it's just very frustrating. I'm glad Iowa State won because that allowed, I think, some validation of, no, maybe Iowa State's just pretty good here. Jerome and scouts really well. I mean, the 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 crazy thing was I don't remember what article it was the Robinette one or maybe it's the on three. They said Iowa State knew their stuff coming out of timeouts. It's like that's called scouting. Yeah, Congrats. everybody does that. What do you that you have people chopping up tape all the time? Like good, They're that insane. was like good for TJ. Good for TJ he's, that he's <laughs> just amazing. I, guys, I've tried telling you all for years. These coaches are not normal humans. Okay, like the amount of work that they put in, like they're already so they play Baylor on Saturday and then I think Texas. They're probably they're already scouting Texas. Like that it's just oh, yeah. they they're really good at what they do. And the the Kansas State thing is I think unfortunate only in the sense and it depends on how you look at this. I always thought that was like a fun, friendly rivalry just across the board, the whole Farmageddon yeah. thing. Like it's yeah. it's straight nasty now. And maybe maybe that's good. I I just wonder if we're if I don't think Tang can keep his mouth shut, to be honest. The well, then the he went off he did with on the, the official yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. He said he wasn't so he's calling officials like by adult. name. Yeah. I, it's really bizarre. Like I I wonder what's going on there if it had to do with I, because to a man like every Kansas State fan will sit there and tell you he's the greatest dude ever, and and like I believe he he puts that on, and I I don't think he's like a bad human, but he's on a really weird stretch here, and I can well, promise you this: these officials, the more I watch TJ, the more I truly buy into his like they're human beings. Don't make them look bad, like don't show them up. Be respectful, and you're going to get better calls down the stretch. Bloom, I, I can only imagine after what Tang did yesterday, calling out this guy by name uh, in the way that he did. And, and, and who, uh, Gary Maxwell, who's a, been around for 30 years, by the way. That doesn't help you down the road, though, with officials, <laughs> does it? No. 
And, and honestly, that's, that's why he got the tee on, on Wednesdays. He, he and the assistant coach just would not stop chirping the entire game. And I honestly think it got to the point where Kelly Self and um, uh, Jerry Pollard were like, all right, dude, enough is enough. Like this little thing. Like you get away with it if you're Bill Self because you've been around for 20, 25 years. Jerome Tang's in year two as a head coach. Uh, and it's like, you haven't earned it yet, pal. And this is not going to help your cause. And, I, you know, honestly, I put myself in, let's say we're John Kurtz or the on three guys. Do, do you just blindly support your guy, even absent any type of evidence there, just because he's your guy? I mean, that says a little bit about kind of where we're at uh, on a bigger picture. We've seen it. <laughs> it's a societal thing. Um, but it's like, I, it, would we do the same thing? Like if, if TJ just went, went rogue and went after, like, would you just have to defend him just because he's your guy? I, I don't know. I think that's, that's kind of sad if, if we're at that place, but that's, that's old guy me right here. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I was kind of thinking the same thing. It's like, that's where I'm like, if, if I'm Jerome Tang, it's like, if you have that, then do it the right way. Cause it's just hearsay. Yeah, and, file a complaint. And I just don't would. understand why they would be critical of Otzelberger defending himself and his program the way that he did. Yeah. Like, you you have to. Like, this had yeah. become – you have Seth Davis on CBS's pregame show talking about it. You had – right? Like, Barstool, it was on Barstool. It was on SI. It was – Yeah, people were comparing you to Jim Harbaugh and Connor Stallions. Like, you have to say something. And I, I don't – Because you – what people that the casuals don't know, like you can't really steal signs in basketball, but the insinuation is you're cheating to get an advantage. And that's, you know, if I'm reading a headline, I don't like to think through it. Then when you think through and go, wait a second, that's not possible. How do you steal signs in basketball when I, it's just the whole thing is asinine. And uh, I'm glad Iowa State went 2 0 this week and actually has the week off. So they can, hopefully, that thing can die down by the time Iowa State goes to Waco on Saturday. I also thought I couldn't help but laugh because I know about how close TJ and Bill Self are. And oh, I'm sure watching, they had a discussion. Yeah, watch. <laughs> you know what? And I, I backed off. And I, but you tell me if I did the right thing or not. So, I, first of all, to finish what I was saying, watching those two embrace for like ten seconds before the game, cover their mouths, and they're laughing hysterically. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd love to know what was said there. <laughs> oh, I think we can guess. Because it's funny, too, because you know it's just driving the Kansas State people mad watching Bill Self and Iowa State be all cuddled up with one Chummy. another like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like you had that. And I, I almost asked Bill Self, and I and I didn't do it. I probably should have, thinking back, but I wanted to see what he thought about it. I didn't do it because I thought out of fairness to this guy, his team just lost. He had nothing to do with it. Yeah, is that an unfair question? Is I I thought through it and thought it would be unfair to ask him in front of all the people. If I could have pulled him on the side, I think I would have. But I I would love to. I I, I really wish I would have asked Bill Self what he thought about that thing. Well, I think as we get, I, I'd just be interested to college coaches in general. Like, have, what advantage could possibly be gained here? And is this a thing? Maybe it's a thing we don't even know. Like I know. Listen, it's competitive. You are trying to get every single advantage you can. No doubt. I, I mean, that and, 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 you know, from you and I traveling with the team, we, we know they are analyzing film nonstop. They will get on a plane and chop up a game right afterwards. Like, this is what they do. 
they have people in advance scouting weeks in advance trying to cut up every single play. You will know every action the other team is running before the game starts. That's what well-prepared staffs do. But where is the line where it's it's unethical or illegal in basketball? I really don't know that. Not because they said they exchanged tape. You know, it's, it's all digital now. Everybody, you know, tape. But you, you have a guy. That's what you do. It's all charted on Synergy. You can break down every single play anytime you wanted. And you can see the coach signaling signals when he's coaching or Chris, maybe they'll do the horns, you know, the, the horn, is that, is that stealing? If I know you're going to run the horns action. I mean, I know when that happens, like, I don't think football's that is different. I got football. Yeah. yeah. Football's different because there is, you know, there, it's just not, it's, it's not all in the open, like for football as it is in basketball. If I just, I'm confused as to what advantage can really be gained. The only thing I can think of is maybe you'll get something for next game. Yeah. But even then, what are you what are you seeing five rows deep through a huddle, and it just it, and it's, it's loud, and it's loud. Or you can't hear anything. I I just whatever it is, I, I will give Kansas State the benefit of doubt right here. Okay, whatever whatever went down, I think they truly believed it. Yeah, because 100%. I saw with I don't think this is like oh we're gonna try and create this story. Like, nope, they I, truly I, believed what they thought. I physically watched them move their huddle. Yeah. During that game from the beginning. So like it, it was, it was wild. Yeah. Like, I don't think it, that's the things I saw. Oh, he's trying to distract from the, no, I think they legit think that Iowa state was, was doing something um, illegal or I don't even know stealing, but it's like, I'm just trying to put two and two together. And I love basketball. I've, I've never heard of somebody accusing somebody of stealing signs. I just, I don't, I don't understand that. Anyway, bizarre. Just a really, just a. Hey, I, I gotta. Tang's got to get his sister off of Twitter too. By the way, like oh, she is. Oof. This this gal. I mean, she's very passionate about her brother. She, and I, she I, loves her brother. I give her, sometimes yeah. when you're that close, it's best to just back off because you like it. It yeah. negatively impacts your we, your loved one. And she we had she was yeah. calling people racist and like it. It was a bad deal the other night. We. We had a couple people reach out and said, hey, you know, we know Jerome Tang's a good guy. You know, we had uh, uh, somebody who was at K-State and a young person passed away and he went out of his way. It's like, I'm sure, like, this is not I don't doubt that. Jerome Tang as a person. It's no. It's just trying, it's just, you got to be, it's, I thought Iowa State was put in a really unfair situation of having to deal with that when there's really nothing that they could really defend themselves with other than say, I mean, get a formal complaint, I guess. I don't know. It was just a, it was a tough spot that got too much run entirely Friday and into Saturday. The, the, the problem was, again, that I, I think some people, why didn't Iowa State or I, I think Iowa State was like, well, what are we going to gain by talking about this after the game? So both coaches are like, hey, let's just squash it. Yeah. Because I think I'm just guessing Tang was like, well, I can't prove it. There's nothing I can do. I think that him and Otzelberger have some mutual respect. What does TJ gain by going on a press conference and saying, well, they, they accuse us of cheating. The problem is our media cycle and yeah. what you're, what you're saying about all of us fan site guys, I'll throw us into the mix. We are, we are Cardinal and gold guys. Like I, I've yep. never once, but but the problem is no, there's no rational thoughts. There's no nuance to conversations. And 
I freaking knew it when when Kellis put out that story. And again, I do not blame him. He's one of the good ones. He does his job well. I knew when that story came out, this is going to get get aggregated. And do not text me or tweet me a Sports Illustrated link and claim that it's real, guys. Do some research. It's not a real journalism place anymore. They don't do the big boy stuff anymore. AI is writing half of those things. Okay, so... But but the problem is they're really good at SEO, and then that starts spreading around, and then Barstool picks it up, and then it is completely out of control, and you have no choice, public relations wise, but to nip this thing in the bud. Yeah, I so. thought I thought I was I I'm glad Jamie just didn't make a statement or anything. He just went right to Seth Davis. He knew it would get play on national television, and most importantly, Iowa State won the game. You know, and it's just like all right, yeah. Now we can talk about basketball and. The issue, and, and again, it's, it's big picture. People just like being right, looking on other people on on the internet. And so you, you're not going to – and this, I totally realize this because I'd be in the same boat. K-State's knocking all of a sudden. All their guys are going to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, our bad. No, you keep doubling down because that's kind of what you're – that's kind of what we do nowadays. And so I I just hope it goes – you know, once more games get played and K-State loses by 25 – to Houston, maybe they'll start worrying about their basketball team. And I also wanted to just clarify one thing on Otzelberger making the statement about the Kansas State assistant coach. The managers, I know for a fact, told Iowa State after the game what had happened. Like okay. they were, so they heard. They it. were actually like, you have to realize these are not like. Sure, they have the uniform on, and they're these are young people who. Like, imagine yourself being 19 years old and getting cussed out by um, Kyle Green. Uh, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> trying yeah, so to think of like I a... Do? Yeah. They had no you idea. You, you probably feel bad. Did I do something wrong here? Yeah, they like, had yeah. no idea. Yeah. What, like, why they were being implicated in... in... You feel, yeah. But again, yeah. like, I, I don't think Kansas State was making up their feelings. I think I... they thought all this stuff, like, in it... Coaches are paranoid. I hope that cooler heads can prevail and we can all just enjoy the home stretch of the Big 12. Well, one thing uh, that I do know, obviously, is now uh, pick to pick, or has the second best odds to win the Big 12 conference. Okay, let's get into our Whipples Hybrids Big 12 segment then. Perfect segue right there. Plant your independence, plant Whipples, baby. The uh, So that's behind Houston, and Houston has to be one, right? Yes. Yes. So they still don't like Texas Tech. So we need nope. to do this by Wednesday, Bloom, because Iowa State doesn't have a game until next Saturday. Yep. For Wednesday's show, we need to break down what we think of schedule strength for the contenders the rest of the way. Bill Self talked Love about it. this in post game yesterday. I thought it was really good. I haven't looked. I would assume Kansas and Iowa State, or I would assume Kansas has the toughest stretch. And I'll give Travis Hines credit. He's the one who pointed this out to me in post game. Uh, from the Des Moines Register. Kansas is a little bit like Nebraska football in the sense of like they have to play in the Big Ten West, but then they always have to play Michigan and Ohio State because they're a good TV draw. Because like Kansas is going to be on CBS more and like CBS doesn't want Central Florida and, you know, like they want the the heavy hitters. But I, I would have a hard time believing Iowa State doesn't have as tough of a road the rest of the way as anyone, though, when you look at who they have to double up with, with BYU with Houston, with Kansas State, they got to go back to Manhattan. Oklahoma's in the top 15. 
Have you done any research on this? And Because and, Self said it does feel different, but he also admitted it's because we're all used to the Big 12 and the way it has been. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the raw data, I think Iowa State's remaining in the conference is like sixth or seventh most difficult. Um, but it all it changes so quickly because it's again you're playing each other. The advantage Iowa State does have now is you don't play Kansas again. You don't have to go to the fog, which is a huge advantage, by the way. Uh, and you've got one already in the books with Houston, and and so therefore you've got some of the hard ones out of the way. You've already gone to BYU. You know, there I think BYU is going to be there. Great win for them yesterday over Texas. Huge win. Uh, TCU going to win in Waco. Great. For them, good for Iowa State. Now that win at TCU looks really good. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if somebody has a significant advantage. I can dive in a little bit, but I, I don't think you're going to see it, um, you know, huge one way or another. The good news for Iowa State is I think this break comes at a great time. You know, you're five and two. You're going to Saturday in Waco, and you're you're putting yourself in a really good situation to be there towards the end. I do agree. Houston should be the favorite. But you did beat them, so you already have that tiebreaker. Now you have to go there in March. And then, you know, if you can get to a 12 and a 6, I'm, you give yourself a chance. And I think that's the target now. I would say it's 5 and 2. And it's this is kind of playing out how we thought a little bit about in the preseason. Iowa State has been awesome at Hilton Coliseum. They've needed, they've needed it, and they've been great there. And so you just pick off a couple more road wins, and you can get to 12 and 6. Nice to get Texas Tech at home. Uh, in that one, they're the team that's a little bit weird as far as schedule yeah. strength goes. And they had but a nice they, win yesterday. In they did. I I mean, it, it, at what point they are now, they're five and one, 16 and three overall. However, yep. the metrics hate this team still. Yep. But we, at what point do we take them seriously as a contender? Are we there yet? Well, or do we need yeah. to see more? I think I who do they can you look who do they have? They go, this week? I mean I think I give you they they're at TCU on Tuesday. They get Cincinnati at home on Saturday. Uh, man, I just feel like they've got the easiest schedule in the league. Like I I'm just going off of they they go they get they go to Baylor, Central Florida at home, they get Kansas at home, they do have to go to Iowa State, but then they get TCU crossed up. They, they UCF is one of the teams they play twice. They get West Virginia and Oklahoma State still. Like I, yeah. I mean, if it's if a five loss team is going to win the league, like they're going to be in contention. I, I unless they have a complete colossal meltdown. It, interesting because they've already their only losses to Houston on the road where they got buried. But yeah, they've maybe they, I Texas just... on the road. They've beaten Oklahoma State and Kansas State at home, so those didn't do much for them. Nope. But then they've beaten BYU at home and won. The at Oklahoma was the win that really. That's a big win. Was the eye open? Yeah, and I, but I is Oklahoma kind of fading on us? Like it's hard to it's hard to know where they're going to be at the end of this deal. I think Tech has definitely put themselves in the conversation. I don't know. I just watched them. Like I don't know about them, but hey, the win, win wins a win. And they'll start getting love in the top 25 here as well. I think for Iowa State, this will be interesting. That win over Kansas on CBS got a lot of eyeballs. And so I think what you're going to see is top 15. Iowa State take a big jump here in the rankings. Yeah. I mean, now that now the, the eye test is starting to match the metrics. And once that happens and you get a marquee win over Kansas, I think you're going to see Iowa State vault into the top 15-ish. 
But more importantly, C-Dub, you're going to start seeing Iowa State in the three and the four line for the NCAA tournament. And I pointed this out on Friday, why the win over Kansas is so big. You look at the – start looking at NCAA tournament sites, right? It has a big factor Omaha? into Omaha. Yeah. Yep. Omaha's the, the only Omaha's the only one that's really even close to uh, to Iowa. The other ones that are kind of close are Memphis again. Yeah. Uh, which is- <laughs> I actually thought about that. We're going to have another party at Lawler's. It's going to be amazing. We're going and back. Indiana- the- we'll get the same Airbnb. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. I I and love then- Memphis. I want to live I saw in Memphis. People, people are like, Memphis again? And then Indianapolis is the other kind of Midwest one, but that's that'll be Purdue and probably Wisconsin on lockdown already. Oh. So, when I saw Memphis on there, I love Scott. The NCAA tournament's my favorite thing to cover. I just, I love it. It's all day, just sit in that media room and write stories. Like I, I just freaking love it. And I was, I was scouting them out, and I saw Memphis, and I was thinking to myself, there's, there's two places in the world I want to move to: Memphis and Humboldt. Those are the two <laughs> spots that very, very similar. Um, <laughs> But so I would love to go to Omaha though. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Especially I, 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 Mac would like probably be there. I would guess Crate. That'd be a really no. They neat... can't. They're the oh, host. The... Damn so it. That... No. So this is great. This is because you're right. They would definitely be a natural. They are the host. They cannot be there. And so if you're a rooting fan for college basketball, you root against Kansas, of course, uh, and you want to root against Marquette and Wisconsin, and those are probably about the main competition for that site. So incredible. You know, I think. I think Iowa State has a chance. You telling fans Purdue's... to book your hotels in Omaha? I right don't now? know. I mean, you maybe get that get get that cancelable one up to two weeks in advance. You'll get a better idea. But I think there's, I think there is a very, um, there is a pathway there where Iowa State would have to be one of the two or three favorites to go to Omaha. Because you have to be mm. basically a top four seed to get preferential location, and I think Iowa State's right on that line. Hey, speaking of that, so I'm always thinking about like opportunities to meet with our fans and stuff. I got a note from a bar in Kansas city that wants us to host a live show from the big 12 tournament. Oh boy. Would that be something you're interested in? How about this? We did this last week. If you want us to have some sort of event like this in Kansas city, we're thinking about doing something for, we will, but we're just trying to figure out what, well, I have an opportunity. Okay, here's my problem, fan base. Give me, I'd love your reaction. What day do you do it? Yeah, it's because weird you, this year. You could get a double buy, and and the women are the week before, and the, the women, women could sucks. It sucks the thing because I was like, I'd love it to do a combo, but it just it doesn't make you sense can't. for fans to be there all week. You can't. It's impossible. This is going to hurt the women's attendance so bad. Like it, I just. It, no My doubt. heart goes out to them because it's such a great tournament, and I love. Here's an example. So my parents have gone to the Big Twelve tournament. I don't know how many years in a row. Ten. Ever since it went back to Kansas City. Yep. And they always they buy season they buy the whole pass to the women's tournament, and then they go to the men's games when it doesn't impact going to the women's games. And because of this, and they've done that forever. They've spent thousands of dollars in Kansas City on hotels, and they're not even going to Kansas City this year. They said, yeah. "Screw it." They're going to Florida. They're they're going on a vacation well, because they just yeah. It it and there's going to be so many people like that, and I it sucks. And like the women's thing too. It's like I 
we're having a hard time. Like we're going to cover it because we cover the Cyclones. That's what we do. And Connor's going to be down there with the women. And if they win a couple games, I'll be down there with them. And yep. um, we are going to do it. But I'm promising you, like, not every media outlet is dedicated in 2024 to what we do like we are. And the women's coverage is going to suck this year. Like, it, the whole thing just sucks. Like, I hate it. Yeah. I, I know. I mean, they, they do get to play in the big arena, so that's that's good. And honestly, on for Iowa State fans, a, a, a day trip to Kansas City isn't terrible, but it just it's hard to plan. You can't plan for a week well, in Kansas people City. People have to work, and yeah, kids have school. That's the thing. Like my it. kids can get down there for the men's tournament because it's during their Spring their break, break week, but yep. they can't for the women. And my kids would much rather go watch the women's games than the men's games. Like, so they're not going to be able to do it now. Like the whole thing just blows. And that's why I'm like, I'm struggling of Iowa state could play literally on the men's side, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. So then what, what date do you plan a get together? Cause it we, could be no, during the middle. That's hard. What we do is we just, we work with this bar. I have it all lined up for us. Okay. And we just two weeks before we'll pull the trigger on something. All right. But if you, for real, if you, yeah. if this is something you guys would be interested in, send us a message. We we would probably just have this bar like we did down in Memphis for about two hours some night and do a live podcast and raise money for uh, the collective and uh, it could be a cool thing. But this bar in Kansas City reached out to me. Love it. They're owned by Iowa State fans. So I thought it could be a cool opportunity. Here I am awesome. telling you our business uh, opportunities <laughs> on the air as opposed to just sending you a text message uh i, I don't want to shortchange the women but they had a they it, it was really hard to follow the women yesterday because they were playing at the same time as probably the biggest game of the weekend and in, in men's college other than the providence georgetown game which was yeah. big for other reasons i have not got to watch the women yet bloom i will do that today but it looked like they played really i it looked, yeah. my dad was telling me about it. They played really hard. They just didn't make enough shots down the stretch. I mean, it seems I, simple as that. I'd say right? that's fair. Yeah. I had, we had it on at our game watch on the, on the second screen. So I was watching both. Audie was great. Couldn't guard her. I mean, monster 26 and 15, but see the, you turn it over 24 times. Iowa mm. state does. And that's then, hard. and then I think West Virginia hit 12 or 13 threes and shot it way better than they normally do. It's actually, I was surprised Iowa State was in the game at the end because you told me, hey, West Virginia is going to make 13 threes. You're going to turn it over 24 times. It's like, oh, game over. Good luck. But they were there all the way to the end. And Iowa State fought, was was physical and, and tough-minded, but just not enough shots down the stretch. I think Iowa State was 9 of 28 from three. So a couple of different factors. Um, but this is the this I think this is the little adversity you knew was going to come to this team. And they got a big one, and I hope everybody gets out to Hilton Wednesday against Oklahoma State, a winnable game. Oklahoma State's pretty good, but Iowa State beat them down there. But this is a game where you need your fan base to rally behind you because you can't really count that TCU game as a win, even though it is technically. You just, you've now, you know, technically, not technically, but you feel like you've lost three games in a row because you didn't get to play that TCU game. And so you probably need a little pick-me-up from the Hilton Magic faithful, and I think Iowa State no will doubt. get that. and. I, I think this team certainly has um, still high-end possibilities, but they're hitting some adversity for the first time, and let's see how this young group responds to it. And you just uh, you, When you're playing with that many freshmen, this was going to happen at some point. They'll fight through it. I still think it's a tournament team. 
I agree. And it's, they play good teams. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you, yeah, you're not gonna, you're not just gonna walk through this thing. West Virginia's ranked. You were right there to the wire with them. And Quinterly went nuts. She had 31. Like she was great. Uh, so you're going to lose some games like that, but it's going to, how do you bounce back? Cause what's Iowa state now? Six and three. It, I mean, you're still in, you're still in pretty good shape. Great all shape. things considered. We would have all taken and, that. Absolutely. And so you, you go beat Oklahoma state on Wednesday. I think it's going to be a, a hard fought game. Uh, but then you're, then you put yourself back and, and you're feeling good about your positioning as you head into February. All right, brother, get out of here. I know you're still up North. Um, get home safely. I am going to head to well, uh, NFL game watch, watch, uh, Brock Purdy and David Montgomery go at it tonight. I'm, uh, I've got a feeling I've got, a, I'm not going to jinx him because I win either way if it's David or Brock, but I think we're going to have Brock Purdy representing Iowa state in the Super Bowl. I hope so. I hope so. I, I like a minus seven, to be honest. I think they're going <laughs> to, I, I don't trust the lions, but we'll see. Maybe I'll eat <laughs> we'll crow. Yeah, should be fun. History has been very good with that take. So, you know. Yeah. Let's see what let's see what happens. But yeah, hey, we'll 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 chat about it on Wednesday. All right. He's Brent Bloom. I'm Chris Williams. Thanks for uh tuning in as always, presented by our friends at MacDine and the Wild Rose Casino Studios. We are fueled each and every week by our friends at Cody Road Bourbon. We'll be back on Wednesday and uh so long.